Yeah. But yeah, he, he, I don't know. I was thinking uh, fucking Game of Thrones. I was just like, fuck. Never I mind. don't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. So he wrote to well, George no, the Martin. guy who wrote the books. Is, oh. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't watch books either. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote. He wrote him a letter asking for work, and George was like, okay. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and well, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's go. Never mind the bollocks. Soccer. Rubbish. <laughs> this is Asinine Radio. Asinine Radio. This is the weekly podcast where we get into a different album every week, every week and we get into wow. the nitty gritty of it. We talk about everything that went into the record and uh, we, we try to have a good time while we do this. Try. Uh, my... Yeah, we try. Keyword is try. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Um, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Now, Jeff, the band we're doing today, mm. as you may or may not know, they do not have any more than one record, so we yeah. cannot. Re- rate their records yeah or can we rate their records oh we, we can rate their record yeah okay so what would you say is this band or what would you say the sex pistols best album is um i mean I, I would like to go with the opposite route i would like to start with their worst record okay if we can what if we there? can do that i think their worst <laughs> record um is never mind the bollocks here's I, the sex pistols i'm not even gonna finish that because it's dumb <laughs> Sex Pistols formed in 1975 in London, England, 
by Steve Jones on guitar, Johnny Rotten on vocals, Paul Cook on bass, and Glenn Matlock on drums. The band only put out one album, and the initial run of the band only lasted two and a half years. The album we're doing today, their only album, is called Nevermind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. It's their first and only album, like I said, and it was released October 28, 1977. It features all of the members I stated above, and it also features Sid Vicious on, I think, one song. Yeah, kind uh, of. Al- yeah, kind of. This album remains, to some, the most important punk album of all time. Now, Jeff, the Sex Pistols, and this album, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. What's your history with the band? Or with this record, and then um, your first impressions, and what do you got? So I, I I got two things before you want to jump into that. Okay, what one are two I'm pretty sure you said Glenn Matlock was on drums and Paul Cook was on bass. Did I mix that up? You did. So damn it, fuck. Flip those. <laughs> it's fine. Not a big deal. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so flip those. Then you uh, get. Doesn't really matter. God anyway. damn. Gives a fuck with this band. Um, and number two. <laughs> I, are we not doing like the the big three punk? We are, we are, but I figure we could, we could get into that. How about let, let's get into our first impressions, and then we'll get into the big three. Okay. Uh, okay. First, my first impressions of the Sex Pistols were their image. I before I even I knew their music, I knew who they were, I knew what they looked like, I knew how they dressed, I, I knew everything about them except for their music, and. Mm-hmm that's sad like that that's like a, a a precursor to how i'm going to feel about the album and how i think everybody should feel about this album is that they is, is that i i knew of them of their image before their music and still i think their image is is uh is better <laughs> than their music and so that's 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 where i'm at right now <laughs> oh shit <laughs> And I guess that applies to this one and only record, right? Yeah. I mean, you've never really heard this record. You just knew the the image of the band. The only songs I've heard was Anarchy in the UK and then God Save the Queen from this album. Honestly, yeah. My first impression, too. I, I'm actually exactly like you. I knew of Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious. I knew those two. I knew what they looked like. I knew their names, and I knew that they were they were what every punker wanted to be were those two guys. And a lot of people emulated it well. Um, and then, you know, as I got older, I realized Steve Jones is actually a pretty cool dude. He does Jonesy's jukebox here locally in LA on uh used to be on KLOS, but uh, now it's, Oh no, it used to be on K rock, but now it's on KLOS. Uh, so yeah, so the, he's pretty, he seems like a pretty cool, chill dude. Never knew that till this week. Really? Never knew that till this week. But you knew about Jonesy's jukebox, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, yes, because that was like that's like an iconic show here in L.A. Uh, or the L.A. area, I should say, not L.A. but the L.A. area, which encompasses a wide range of California. Yeah, it goes all the way from um, Los Angeles to like Ohio. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, honestly, the only songs I heard, I'm with you, I were "God Save the Queen" and "Anarchy in the U.K." I might, I've probably heard songs outside of that, just you know, on a, in a documentary or some shit like that. I've always known Johnny Rotten was kind of a, a shit bag, and 
an asshole to everybody he was around. And I also knew that Sid Vicious never knew how to play his instrument and that he was kind of useless. But uh, but yeah, this week was the first time I really dived deep into the record. And honestly, man, I was disappointed. I was fucking disappointed. Because you hear so many great things about this record and they fall short. But um, But before we dive deep into that more, I think, and you agree with me, there are three bands in the punk genre that kind of kickstarted it all. And I would say those are the Ramones, the Clash, and the Sex Pistols. Some might say, some might argue, oh, you should throw in New York Dolls or the Damned or some shit like that. But no, fuck that. Three big ones, the Ramones, the Clash, and the Sex Pistols. Yeah. yeah. So what Jeff and I decided to do this week, we decided to check out the debut album from all three bands. And uh, we're just going to rank them real quick, and we're going to talk about which one's the best and which one's the worst. Who would you think is the best out of based off of their debut record? We should start with the best because I think our worst is probably the same. Just based off the record alone, the music alone, nothing else. The Clash. The Clash has the best of the three for me. It's it's very melodic and at times heavier than the other two, the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, and also at times it's more serious. the The lyrics are are more thought provoking, but still kind of in a snotty manner than the Sex Pistols. And so I think that The Clash has the best debut album out of those three. Yes, not being London d- Calling. Are we doing a favorite... Uh, wait, London Calling? That was, that was the first record, right? No. Wait, was it? Fucking God, dude. Wait, what was the first record? Fuck. The fucking self-titled, <laughs> The Clash. The Clash, The oh, Clash. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, all right. <laughs> if we're, cause I, I mean, we're doing favorite songs, too, right? No, I'm I assume. sorry. <laughs> Fuck that one up. No, I'm sorry. That was my bad. That was my bad. You're all over tonight. All I over honestly, this. I honestly am. I, this is this is a fucking mess. But yeah. So <laughs> so what's your what's your biggest banger off of off of that that fucking record? So they did a song called Police and Thieves, mm-hmm. and it was like a weird sounding song. And the more like the the longer it went on, because it's kind of like a long like five six minutes or something like that. And the more it went on, I kind of got this weird like reggae vibe to it. And it was just like this really cool song. And it's actually a cover song. It's a reggae song that they covered. Oh, yeah. It's it's like a perfect cover because it's like the song itself is really catchy. And it was also uh, co-written by Lee Perry, too. Yeah. Throwing that out there. So that's rad. But the the song still keeps that old feeling or the, the feeling of the OG song, but while adding their own flair to it. And the fact that The Clash is not a very complex band but they covered this reggae song and then did it in a way where the music started to be complex in this song, I think was fantastic. And it was a really good song and it got playlisted. Dang. Look at that. (laughs) Boom. Oh shit. That is, that is a banger for sure. It's a banger. All right. Well, I think I'm with you. The best, the best of the three of those three are the clash and the self-titled record. Um, I think they, they're not like the most punk of the three, but they had the most character. The songs had the most character. They had the most to say. They were just more interesting in general. They were, they were snotty, but not obnoxiously snotty. And, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the listen through. It was, it was nice. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It's good. But my, uh, my banger, it has to be White Riot just because, (laughs) (laughs) 
because of we we have another podcast out there and we recently did that song a few weeks ago so i, I have some nostal- weird stupid nostalgia behind that but yeah white riot's my my number one it's my okay. banger on that one it's it's a sick song not their best song but clamp down clamp down's a great song <laughs> clamp down's a good one working <laughs> for the clamp down that's a fucking that's a, banger that's a good song <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, really, really good. I know. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What do you got for your number two? Uh, the Ramones, number two. The Ramones, easy. Yeah, they're 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 the Ramones. Like even even though on this album they have some serious like love ballads, like the "I Want to Be Your Boyfriend" song. It's 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 undeniable that these guys dominated the power chord market. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's it. These guys own it. Nobody else will ever do it like them. And they were just fast enough to be punk, but but too fast to be like rock and roll. Their their style was like chop. I wrote choppy, sloppy, and a little bit of teeny poppy. Oh my god! Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were. They wrote pop songs like teeny boppy pop songs, <laughs> and their music was 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 choppy. It was it was just kind of sloppy too and gross. And but it was good. It, it worked well for the band and and their style. It's unique in them. And I don't think anyone else will ever sound like the Ramones. No, but I don't damn, think so. A lot of their music sounds the same, like very, very damn similar. <laughs> I think it was like maybe three or four months ago, I thought it would be a good idea to listen to all of their music, all of their records. Dude, they have a lot of records. Dude, I got through like six of them and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. It was just like the same song over and over again. <laughs> it w- It was fun for like the first two records. And then it was just like, what am I, like I didn't even know what was happening anymore it was just like a droning just background noise at that point it was like it just i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore uh but but yeah my number two is also the ramones man they're it's they're they're not nearly as good as the clash but they're leaps and bounds over sex pistols but i'm with you too that these are these are straight up just like cheesy pop songs but done to like palm muted downstroke guitar playing that's what it is. And it sounds like they're always about to fall apart. Every song sounds like it's about <laughs> yeah. to fall apart. But that kind of gives it the, kind of gives it its charm, which I like a lot too. Yeah. Um but my 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 big banger on um on this one, it's kind of a toss up between now I want to sniff some glue and um also fifty third and third. I like that one a lot too. Mm. And what I noticed too, I looked it up and Didi Ramon wrote over half this record. The bass player. I always thought that uh, Johnny wrote most of it, or at least Joey. But no, it was all Didi. Didi wrote like everything, or most of it. It's insane. Whatever Didi Didi wants, she's gonna get it. (laughs) No, but uh, yeah. So that's that's the Ramones. They're they're my number tube and two, not tube, two tube, tubing, tubing. so I guess that leaves us with the Sex Pistols. They're the worst of the big three. And um, why is that, Jeff? Why well, are they the worst of the big three? For what it's worth, Blitzkrieg Bop is my favorite Ramones song from that album. I thought you said it was... Oh, you didn't give your favorite, huh? That's oh, okay, though. That's all right. That's all right. I'm Y'all sorry. Place I'm tonight. Sorry. That's why I'm here. We'll be just two of us. It's fine. You're wrangling me in. I know. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, that's my, that's my favorite song. I haven't heard in many, many years because I always thought it was goofy and too dumb and it is goofy and dumb but i mean that's that's the ramones yeah that's what they're all about 
It's, it's a good song. It's fucking catchy. I like it. <laughs> it is. No, that I, like, I, I agree. I don't care. But uh, but yeah, going to the Sex Pistols. So obviously, the Sex Pistols for us is the worst out of the three, and they're not even the least best. They are the worst. The Sex Pistols musically are fucking terrible. They're garbage. They are not good. At best, they're okay. At best, <laughs> they're okay. Nothing on this album is a banger. Nothing. What about in the context of the album? What's a banger? Uh, I would I would say. Anarchy in the UK is probably my my number one song from the album. And is that mainly due to you knowing the song? It could be. It could be. Um, I really tried to to get objective with it, but dude, this this album is just dumb. It's just stupid. <laughs> but like the so in specifically in Anarchy in the UK, like what really bothers me now is like this song is just like promoting anarchy, and I know they're anarchists and they're. So anti everything, but you guys are a fucking product of something so fake, of something so processed, of something so stupid. How could you ever like promote any kind of anarchy at all when you've when you 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 were manufactured by some guy who also like did clothing for another punk band that you hate? <laughs> it, it's it's stupid. It's gross. It's misleading. Everything about the Sex Pistols, I I just can't, I can't even. I don't even know where to begin, Tyler. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I, I'm I'm with you, man. Sex Pistols, they uh they there's there's nothing that, that is truly a banger. There's nothing on here that that made any of my playlists. The only time I would ever playlist any of these songs, if it were to be a Sex Pistols playlist, that would be the only time. But even then I would debate on putting any songs on a Sex Pistols playlist. I just I think they're they're easily one of the most overrated bands of all time. This has got to be the most overrated band of all time. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Well, like, you, this no, has to I, be the most yeah. overrated band of all time. I was going to say U2, but U2 have some some good things. Dude, when well, U2 so. did that, that Uno Dos Trace Catorce song, the Vertigo, that song's a banger, <laughs> right? That's a good Dude, Vertigo, song. Honestly, Vertigo <laughs> is a better song than this whole record yeah, put together. It is. <laughs> and that's, that's saying something. Oh, boy. That's... Dude, we got to do that YouTube record. <laughs> Where they forced the whole world to listen to it because they put it like preloaded on, on the iPods? No, that was a different record. That wasn't Vertigo? No, no, no. Because that the one that they forced on everybody's iPod or our phone was, I think that was like six or seven years ago. But the, the one with Vertigo was like, that was like 2000 or 2001. No, it had to because nev- I've never had an iPhone. I've had an iPod that came with a YouTube album on it. No, it wasn't. It's not the same record. I guarantee you it's not the same record when you edit this podcast you will do the research on it and then you'll oh, text dude, i will me. fucking look it up right now i know it's not it's no we can stupid we can, we can continue i'm making a note of it you two vertigo I'm, I'm just gonna look it up right now because this is a stupid conversation because it's not you're completely wrong okay let's see here vertigo you two song came out in 2004 when was the ipod thing um you two ipod thing oops spelled that wrong Okay, U2 iPod thing. Let's see here. I'm going to too long. Yeah, this is really annoying me too. But yeah, no, th- I think they were like 10 or 15 years apart. But anyway, yeah, here it is. I, it, I was Songs correct. of the Innocence came out in, I think, 2017 or 2018. No, they, so there was like a good 13-year gap. It, it, was, it, was, it was the song Vertigo was preloaded on the iPod in 2005, 2006. No, it was not. Yes, it was. I'm looking at it right now. 
But you didn't buy that iPod. The the black and red iPod. You did not have that iPod. Yes, I, I did. had that iPod. No, I had that iPod. My grant gave me that iPod, and then I well, we shouldn't say names, but eventually I <laughs> traded that iPod in for a better one. Did you? No, you didn't have the black and red one. I had that. I had at the tail end of it. I did. Did you really? That song was preloaded on that stupid fucking iPod, which I love the song. <laughs> but yeah, that song was fucking preloaded on that stupid iPod. That was that was like right okay. out of high school. Like right out of high school, I remember getting that shit. Okay, in all fairness, in all fairness, I had the black and red iPod. That was my first iPod. I got it for Christmas. And yes, it did have all of the U2 albums up until that point on it, loaded onto it when you bought it. And then also on the back of the iPod, it had all their autographs on it. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't know you actually had the black and red iPod. I thought you were talking about the incident where their al- their new album had come out and iTunes automatically uploaded it to everybody's iPhone and everybody's iPod oh, without their well, permission. I mean, that's kind of that's, what that, I that's the same about. concept, though. I mean, the iPod itself was already preloaded with music and they just did it again years later. No, but the difference is you knew what you were buying when you bought the oh, YouTube that's true, iPod. That's true, that's true, that's true. But with the new album, nobody wanted it. Nobody asked for it, but it was automatically uploaded on there. Okay, okay. So we're, so so we're that, kind of both right in the sense, right? Is that what you're Barely, saying? Barely, but I'm more right than you. Well, no, but okay. But, yeah. So so one thing about Anarchy in the UK, uh, the intro there, it sounds like something that would have been mm-hmm. on like an 80s album, like something from like Bow Wow Wow or or Adam... Whoever the fuck that band was, and Out so the it's interesting Whatever. because their manager here, McLaren, Malcolm McLaren, also managed those bands from like the eighties. Mm. And so I wonder yeah. how much influence he had, and not only just like managing, but also the writing, because we all we we know that he had a hand. I mean, it was the, he's the reason they formed. He's the reason for their image. He's the reason for kicking out certain members and bringing other members in. He's the reason for so many things. But now it's like I wonder how much influence he had in the actual writing of the music, and that's more gross than likely to know. a lot of it. I didn't know anything about this Malcolm McLaren prior to this week, and I, the one person I could really compare him to, I felt was um, Lou Pearlman, the guy who created Backstreet Boys, who created NSYNC, created LFO. I think he created Ninety Eight Degrees as well. But a lot of those boy bands and pop acts of the 90s and early 2000s, Lou Pearlman created all of that. And then he eventually became a giant, shady, piece of shit child molester. But I feel like Lou Pearlman and Malcolm McLaren were very much in the same where they created all these bands. Like like what you said, Malcolm, he, he managed New York Dolls. He helped create their style and their image. Then he went on to the Sex Pistols, pretty much did everything for them. And then he went on to Adam and the Ants, and he worked with I forgot who else he worked with. Oh, the, I think he worked with the Damned. Did he work with the Damned? I, well, he worked. He did, he worked, he managed Bow Wow Wow and Adam and the Ants, and did a bunch of solo stuff, and then did a bunch of stuff outside of of like traditional rock music. He did some operatic stuff, but all yeah. the interviews I read of this guy, he's so fucking conceited. He's so full of himself. <laughs> And he's so delu or he was so delusional. Like he's he's so so okay, here's some of the things that I that I read about him that he that he has said when he was talking to like GQ magazine interview, he said that dance music would have never happened had it not been for like his DIY art stuff with the pistols. <laughs> he also said that he was an important part of developing hip hop music and called hey. himself the British Andy Warhol. Uh 
no. He's to, a fucking nobody. Yeah. He made shitty, ugly ass clothing at some stupid store that he he renamed Sex because it was edgy and cool and had a bunch of people that he probably underpaid and then told those employees they should form a band. And then when he realized that he could get someone else to join the band, told that band that he just formed to kick out one of the dudes. Fuck this guy. He is nuts. But I will say he... I, I think you, I think he's wrong about what you just told me, like with the hip hop thing and and all that. But I think when in regards to the Sex Pistols, I feel like the band would have been literally nothing without him. I feel like they, they should have they, been nothing. This should never have happened. No, I agree. But I think <laughs> it was it was with it was with the the idea of no public or any publicity or what is it? Bad publicity is good publicity. What's a fucking expression? No, like Dude, that, that, that's right. That, that, there's bad there's, publicity is better than no publicity. Yeah, and I feel like that was his that was his view view going into this. That's why he he eventually had Sid Vicious come in, knowing that he was a huge fan of the Sex Pistols and knowing that he was off his rocker and completely out of his mind for various reasons, both just his own doing and not. But like he knew what he was getting himself into. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Like he brought Johnny Rodden into this when he didn't need like he he brought it ever all these or especially those two guys in specifically to cause a ruckus and also his the the idea that you know the they they wanted to or the, what they ended up doing they they rode that boat up the the Thames River or the Thames River like when the the Queen's Jubilee was or whatever and then yeah. they got busted for that that was all McLaren's idea yes. and it worked really well it was a great publicity stunt and it worked great for the band and and the band's image so I mean, the dude's not stupid, but yeah, he's, he makes no. Some he's not stupid, but, but he's he's full of himself. He's conceited, and he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. He's a very very bad person. And just, I mean, going back to the whole Johnny Rotten thing. So Johnny Rotten was scouted by the manager of the Clash at the time, who was also Malcolm McLaren's buddy buddy, because he looked so punk, because he was yeah. just an ugly ass kid who was spitting everywhere, and he looked fucking ugly. They didn't care if he could sing. They just knew that this guy is going to help us make money. So, like, Malcolm McLaren is, is he's, he's a pirate. He used these kids and then made or money he, off of them. Or he's great at marketing. That's, but, what, that's what A&R guys do. That's what marketing people do. the Sex Pistols didn't get rich. Malcolm McLaren got rich. Yeah, well, I they know that part is They didn't get rich. He is a no, pirate. No, that part is shady. Yes, he's sure. great at A&R. Yes, he's great at this thing. But he's a fucking pirate. I agree. He, he, was he should have been locked up for like fucking child abuse. And then like Sid Vicious, who was doomed since he was like fucking five years old. Dude, his story is fucked. His, Sid like, Vicious never had a chance in this world. No, but his McLaren, mom was a, the McLaren most horrible person on the planet. Getting Sid Vicious to come over, not for his, his skills at the bass guitar, but because he looked like he would be good to go with Johnny Rotten. And because he, he would get in fights at punk clubs and all that kind of shit. It's it's so it's just it's just it's so like in in one of the last episodes of Seinfeld, there's a good Samaritan thing where they see some guy getting beat up and the guy is John Panette in the show. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And so they see him getting beat up and they just sit there and laugh and like ha ha and they don't do anything and then they go to jail for it because they didn't intervene. That's like Malcolm McLaren. Like he knows all this shit is going down. He sees Sid Vicious as on this horribly self destructive pattern, does nothing to intervene. If anything, he encourages it. He he promotes it. He's terrible. He's a terrible, terrible person. 
Yeah. And it's so sad that Sid Vicious, I mean, even though I don't like him as a, as a bass player, as a musician, as anything in his life, but I, it's so tragic and it's so sad to see somebody who was doomed from childhood and nobody in Sid Vicious' life ever gave a shit about him, including nope. his bandmates. And it's so sad. That part's sad, yeah. But his actions were also really shitty. He did a lot of shitty things. Like he did he wasn't, a lot of shitty things. I mean, regardless of how he was raised or what happened to him early on in life, like he, it doesn't excuse the fact that he did shitty fucking things. He was a shitty person, and for anybody to idolize him, it just is insane. Like, the guy was was dumb as fucking dirt, and <laughs> dude, and he was he had no he had no musical talent, so you can't even bring that up. Like, he's just. He was a junkie, but it was a he was a junkie because of his mom, essentially. Because yes, mom. mom was a piece of shit. His mom was what? a junkie, and and she, and she, yeah, she pretty much led to his his death and the stabbing. I think it's just I, I definitely want Sid Vicious story. I definitely want to get into the Sid Vicious stuff, but I got more stuff on Malcolm. For okay, one, let, let, let's get into that. Yeah. So uh, I mean, clearly he organized the entire career of the Sex Pistols, and he even said it. He even said. I mean, for whatever it's worth, he could be full of shit and just happen to play out this way. But he claims to essentially have mapped out the mm-hmm. Sex Pistols' entire career. What kind of hurt it was the death of Sid Vicious. But he claims to have mapped out the entire career of the Sex Pistols, which I, it's not unbelievable. No, like, not I can at all. clearly see that. I can, I can totally see that. I believe it. But, I mean, obviously, okay, so I said he's a piece of shit, a person, but he's also a piece of shit manager. And he was accused of withholding money and kept the rights to the band for like decades to where he didn't have to pay the band. And eventually Johnny Rotten obtained the rights through litigation in like the eighties and got mm. all that back, got a little bit of back pay. But like, clearly this guy took advantage of people who, who were just like, Oh yeah, man, punk rock, punk rock. So tight. And, and he's like, yeah, this, you know, I'll, I'll help you. We'll do whatever we can. And I'm going to keep 90% and I'll, you guys can divvy up the other 10% or whatever it was. Yeah, and it's just like taking advantage of, of people like that is just such a it's such a it's a it's it's not a good trait to have. It's not no, not at all. But you cannot deny the fact that he was. I mean, he honestly was the mastermind behind it. Of course, behind Absolutely. the image. I mean, because like we were saying earlier, we we knew the Sex Pistols, and I'm sure most people start out knowing the Sex Pistols as their image, not their music, and that was all him. I mean, you look at not only how they dress their style and everything that was all kind of curated through Malcolm. But then also like the, uh, the, the cover art for God save the queen, their first single that was all created by, I think his wife or their, Oh no, the friend, the yeah. friend, I forgot his name right now, but no, the friend created all of that. Like the band had nothing to do with it. And that was all Malcolm's doing. Malcolm said, Oh, I need you to do this. Can you do this? Like the band had like no say in it from what I was reading. And just, they, they and and not only that, but Malcolm was the one who booked all their shows. He was the one that said, "You guys need to play this venue at this time and date. You guys need to do this, do that, do this, do that." And they did it. And they said, "Now you guys need to get in this fight. You guys need to do." I mean, he he was the fucking puppet master of the band. And I I agree. I they like, would be nothing without him. Honestly, I mean, he should be credited way more than the band themselves. But I don't as think, much as I don't think he wanted to. I think he liked making the money without the notoriety because of how how tragic the Sex Pistols were in the late seventies. That's true, and that led to and still 
has a lot to do with their image to this day. It's oh, it's it's all stupid. In in another I interview, like I, I I was reading, he claimed to have once approached an early Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. and asked them or said like, "Hey, I want to be your manager. I want I want I want to make you guys huge." And you know they were interested, and so he said, "Here's what you need to do: one, you need to ditch that sound." He says, "You need to focus on playing just straightforward rock and roll music. You need to start wearing weird costumes, and mm-hmm. you need to let Anthony Kiedis be the sole focus of attention at all times." Hmm. And he said, "He said if you guys do this, you will be big." And of course, I mean, this Malcolm has has, has worked with some huge bands already. And so it yeah. was. It was a thought that crossed all of their minds. Luckily, they chose not to. At the time, they chose not to. But like, dude, can you imagine? Like, if the Chili Peppers didn't, because regardless of what the Chili Peppers have done as far as their bad stuff, because they've done a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. But damn, they've done some really fucking fantastic stuff. And just like, imagine if the Chili Peppers went with this fucking pirate, this succubus, whoever the fuck this guy is. <laughs> We would not have some of the greats that they've done, and it's oh, it just it just uh, it just goes to show like how conceited this fucking guy is. He walks into a room and tell, starts barking orders. That, Who the fuck are you? But that's how a, all those people were Get back then, the fuck out and of still here. are to this day. That's how these A and R guys are, and these record company guys are. This is what they do. They groom people, and that's what that and still goes on to this day. Whooped his ass. Should have shoved a garlic, <laughs> a piece of garlic bread under his door, and then whooped dude, his ass. I know. That's what Anthony Kiedis should Seriously. have done. Instead of, oh, dude, I just, I, I cannot stand this Malcolm guy. He's such an idiot. He is yeah. such an idiot. Yeah, he is very manipulative. And from what I was reading too, like he would, he would pit the guys against one another. Like he would be on Steve and, um, oh fuck, what's the drummer's name? Fuck, I can't even think. Cook. Cook. He would Something he would cook? say, oh, you know, Johnny Johnny Rotten is the reason why you guys aren't doing X, Y, and Z. Like you guys should be blaming him. And then he would go go and say the same thing to Johnny about those those two guys. So he was causing like a rift within the band for whatever reason. I don't even know because that's that's an easy fix, right? You you cause you cause tension between band members. If it works out negatively, then the band members are too focused on each other to to blame him anyway, so who cares? But if it ends up they they record a fantastic record, then you can come back and say, "Well, I only did it because I knew that this would get the best out of you." So it's like a it's like a win-win scenario with him. Like there's no way he could be he could be to blame for this. True, yeah. It's master it's, manipulation. It's so gross. So gross. Yeah. But also going back to the the whole Thames River thing, the the concert that never was, I guess, <laughs> if if you will, I do mm-hmm. like that. I, I there are some aspects of the Sex Pistols that I do like. They're not all bad. Yeah, but that wasn't even the Sex Pistols doing. That was Malcolm's doing. You're right. You're right. You're right. Granted, granted. You're right. 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 Uh, but I'm always right. So so they 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 tried to play they tried to play a, a song, or like a, a small show on a boat. To mock the queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I like that idea too. I think it's a great, <laughs> funny idea. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so petty and it's so dumb, but I love it. But yeah, so it, it, the, the, the boat that they were on ended up getting raided and he was arrested. And then later on, the Sex Pistols, like clearly should have been an easy choice for having their, their single at, number, at the number one spot because mm-hmm. this, was, this was garnering so much attention to them and it was 
like everything everybody was loving the sex pistols and even like somebody from from cbs or some some other record producing place was was speaking to malcolm telling him again this could be all be hearsay anyway because he's a psycho but telling him that the sex pistols were outselling the other person by like double yeah, and so yeah. At, the, at the last, it was minute, like Rod Stewart or yeah, something. It was, like that. it was fucking Rod Stewart. At the last minute, Rod Stewart ended up winning the number one spot, and Sex Pistols got the number two spot, which led to a whole slew of conspiracies that the Queen of England was involved to to silence the Sex Pistols and silence their 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 message and everything. So I, mean, I, I don't I don't discount that. I, that's not all. Yeah. That's also not unbelievable. I I would believe that that would happen because the Queen that fucking incestuous weird royal family <laughs> freaks they probably got hurt yeah and also considering the sex pistols were banned by the bbc at the time and yet they somehow still made number two yeah i don't know i do not know you can't you can't silence the people you can you can you can quiet them but you can't silence it right so like if the sex pistols didn't even make the top 10 that would be way too that would be egregious but they can put him at number two. Uh, have you heard the conspiracy theories that where, uh, where like the whole punk movement and especially the Sex Pistols were part of this like elaborate plan to to kind of like dumb down society and everything like that, <laughs> no, and bring down the moral the moral aspects of society. It's kind of interesting. Kind of like how the whole hippie movement and and all the the free spirit shit was all bullshit anyway. That was all like a CIA psyop and. A lot of uh, some people do believe that it's the same thing with uh, like punk music in the seventies. It was all just like a giant kind of CIA psyop. Okay, interesting. Should look it up, man. It's kind of interesting, but I'm not going to get into that. But for anybody interested, go look it up. It's it's definitely an interesting theory, which could be true because you never know. You never know. The only, I mean, the only relationship in the Sex Pistols that I, I think is legit is is Steve Jones and Paul Cook, who went to high school together. Or whatever they call mm-hmm. high school in England, secondary, some bullshit. I think it's secondary school, yeah. Stupid. Why is that stupid? <laughs> because anything that anyone does outside of the U.S. is stupid. Duh. <laughs> Come on, Tyler. Like, like calling a soccer game a match? Yeah, what the fuck? A match is that shit you strike and throw it to light a fire. And it's a match is not, no, it just doesn't make any sense. Or what they call a soccer field, a pitch? Yeah, a pitch. We're playing baseball now? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but that's the only <laughs> that's the only relationship that I think is like a legit relationship in the Sex Pistols. Uh, Everything else I think is fabricated and bogus. You know, it's also kind of embarrassing about their whole story, which I thought reading, I was like, dude, how is this even real? But one reason how they found Johnny Rotten was not only because he was outrageous, but they didn't really explain why he was outrageous. Except the fact that he was wearing a Pink Floyd shirt that said "I hate Pink," that he wrote "I hate" above the, the Pink Floyd name. And I thought, man, this is like some like twelve year old bullshit. You know, this is so something, good. Yes, it's so stupid. Which which like, leads me, it it just shows that like this whole the whole punk scene was so fabricated. It was so. Gross. I'm so, sorry. The punk scene is fucking ridiculous sometimes. So in the other podcast, we were talking about Motorhead and how Motorhead mm-hmm. is a better punk band than most of the punk bands we know of. Yeah. And I had said, well, Motorhead doesn't have the one thing that makes you punk, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what the Sex Pistol had. Cool hair, 
fucking no shirts, low guitars. They spit on people. That's what Motorhead didn't have, and that's what punk at this time was trying I don't think, to be. I don't think you you know Motorhead very well then, because they were very much that before the Sex Pistols were. No, okay, so they I, were. I, they I, were. You're right. I don't know Motorhead the way <laughs> they I, were, but no, the Motorhead was never like this. They were never. Yes, they were. Their music is not like that, though. Their music's not, but their attitude is, and they actually lived by it. They would fight, like they would, like they weren't little fighting pussies is not, about it. Fighting is not strictly no, punk. I mean, so no, I, I know, I know, it's not. But in in the context of what we're talking about, I mean, but Motorhead, Motorhead didn't, never had that image like the Sex Pistols had because they didn't need it. They were already fucking. But cool that's enough. what I'm trying to tell and you. Not only that, that's but the they reason why Motorhead music. isn't punk is because they don't have the punk image. Going further into the fact that the punk image is dumb. That's what hurts oh, punk yeah. music is the punk image. And that's why Motorhead has transcended between so many genres. Is be, and that's why Motorhead will forever be recognized as a great band is because they didn't lean into the image like the Sex Pistols did. Anybody but also who knows they, the Sex Pistols knows their image before their music. But also Motorhead predated the whole punk movement. And then, you know, you you get Lemmy, who was in Hawkwind prior to this. There were a ton of bands that predated. MC5 was almost, like, almost the MC, originator you know, you're of right, you're punk right. music. No, you're right. I know. Yeah, like, there's, there's plenty true. of bands that did punk music better a decade earlier than the Sex Pistols. Yeah, the, Sex no, Pistols right. the Sex Pistols are on, arguably one of the only bands in the 70s, 80s to have that specific image. And their entire career is based around pictures. Yeah, that's seriously yeah, yeah. And that's that's the that, like that's what oh my god, that's what selling T-shirts, selling posters, like that's what makes the Sex Pistols successful, is their ability to do so. Yeah, not necessarily their music. No, not their music at all. The music is yeah, garbage. No, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> because they've honestly <laughs> made more money in merch and every and their image than anything else, especially the music. It's just like they th- th- this band was was formed around the idea of punk. Whereas, like, hey, let's get an ugly lead singer who fucking sucks at singing just to piss people off. Like, that's fine. I get it. That's cool. But everything else about this band is the opposite of punk. This album is mm-hmm. polished. It's it's produced by a guy who liked to produce like pop music. Like, yeah. Every- what did what did he he produced? Uh, oh, he worked with Pink Floyd. He worked with the Beatles too. Yeah, I know. So it's like. And then they they fired um, dude I can't remember the other guy's name. Bill. They Price? fired the bass player. Oh yeah. Oh, they so fired the bass player, and then they claimed it was because he liked the Beatles. Yeah. But then they worked with the guy who worked with the Beatles. So just none of it makes any sense, and it's all a sham. None of it. The the entire Sex Pistols image is a giant fucking fake. Yeah. So I hate it. Chris Thomas produced it. He, he I mean, first he's a classically trained violinist, which. Obviously, he knows like nuances in, in music, so he 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 knows mm. something about music. Yeah. And uh, another quick thing that I read about him: he once turned down a gig with a before famous Jimi Hendrix because he didn't want to play with him for whatever reason. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Might have been because he was black. But he also that's that's possible. He also wrote yeah. to George Martin asking for work. He just wrote a letter Wait. to George Martin. Uh, George Martin. Yeah. For, uh, Beatles f- famous fifth Beatles or whatever oh yeah yeah, classify yeah. Him as. yeah yeah but yeah he, he, I don't know I was thinking uh, fucking Game of Thrones I was just like fuck Never I don't mind. watch Game of Thrones yeah so he wrote to well, George no, the Martin the guy who wrote the books is, oh. anyway yeah I, I don't I don't I don't watch books either 
he wrote, he wrote him a letter asking for work, and George was just like, okay. And so then George Martin had started his his AIR recording industry or, or record label, whatever it was. And also, I, I wrote this down for you. The first album that was recorded under George Martin's offset was Rubber Soul. Oh, such a good record. So so Thomas, this Chris Thomas, who produced this album, he sat in on many, many Beatles recordings because he was in the same building. Like he was yeah. there for for their self titled one. He actually played harpsichord on a bunch of the tracks on that album. So That's he pretty rad. like he was there for all of this like pop music happenings, and he ended up working with the Beatles because George Martin went on vacation and was just like, "Hey, uh, I'm on vacation. Just work with this guy, Chris Thomas. He's cool." Then, and so that like that was his in with the Beatles, and they they went with it, and it was fine. Whatever. He mixed the Dark Side of the Moon, like you were talking about the Pink Floyd stuff, mm. and like. And then, and then it got kind of weird. Like, I, I couldn't find anything substantial as far as evidence has actually happened. But he was supposedly approached by Malcolm McLaren, the um, you know the manager, to help with yeah. this album. And and supposedly Malcolm went back and forth, splicing and editing between these two producers, Bill Price and Chris Thomas. Like he would take a track from Bill and then splice mm. it a little bit, and make it a little bit different to Wait. avoid having to pay them. Malcolm like actually did it. He like he was editing himself. Yes. What the fuck? Like, I don't. Know, I didn't man. read about that, but yeah, no. I mean, that's. I mean, kind of understanding like his his conceited nature. I can see that happening. Like he kept doing For this, sure. and to, just to avoid having to pay them. And again, I, I didn't see anything like definitive other than different people just saying it happened. But I mean, I I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just very bizarre, very bizarre. It is. That's super weird. But yeah, like you're a fucking punk band, yeah, and and you're you're leaning heavy into like the punk look, and you hire a pop producer, and your album comes out, and as far as like the production, it sounds it sounds good, like it's it's a good it's a well produced album, and you would never think that this is one of the uh, arguably the greatest punk band ever, <laughs> like the Clash's first album is is doesn't sound great, it's it sounds it sounds like a DIY punk album, yeah. I was thinking the same thing when I listened to this record. I thought, wow, this this sounds like it could have been made like in the nineties. Yeah. Like it, it had good. that nineties that style production. And I that's that's immediately what I thought. And I thought maybe it's just a remaster, but it definitely isn't. That's just how it this was recorded. Even the Ramones record doesn't sound this good, production nope. wise and mix nope. wise. And again, like this all leads into the fact that the sex pistols are at best an image. Yeah, they're not. They're not like a real band. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating. <sighs> I don't get it. <sighs> okay, let, let, let's play another song because we haven't played a song in a long time. I guess. Uh, what, what's what's what is, we didn't what play is, Anarchy in the UK? Should we play that or should we skip it? What do you think? I don't even care. What What is your favorite? What? If you had to pick a favorite song, what is your favorite song? What did you say? I, I said, what, what, what is your, if you had to pick a favorite, what, what would be your biggest banger on this album? Uh, it would have to be Bodies. Um, I hate saying it because oh, Sid Vicious co-wrote it. I know, I hated, I hated it, but, you know, it, it's one of the better ones on it. Uh, it was the only song on here, on the whole record, I felt, that actually had some sort of substance lyrically because it talks about abortion, like a very taboo subject at the time. And it, um, even now, but it, but it taught, but just the whole story behind it, I thought was interesting. And overall, the song is just one of the 
if I could say one of the better songs on it musically, but who knows? But um, anyway, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a little bit of Bodies. So here it is by the Sex Pistols. go there's a bit of the song bodies from <laughs> the sex pistols what are you laughing about that's just that, that sounds stupid too though <laughs> it, it started off with kind of like some some type of potential they I, I, I thought that maybe this could have went somewhere fun it has some cool rock and roll influence to it i get it but whatever yeah i would also say parts of this record sound more rock and roll than than uh than punk rock Honestly, it's, it's just those, it's those guitar tones, man. It's, that's my favorite part of this album. If I had to pick one, it's a guitar tone. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it sounds so cool. I think some of the drum parts are pretty good too. They're not as stupid and dumbed down as I expected they they were going to be. Kind of like the Ramones are kind of like very like like I said earlier, like it sounds like it's about to fall apart. I feel like the drummer keeps it together on this record and he he has some pretty cool fills here and there. So honestly, I think Steve Jones and the drummer are the best part of this record. That's honestly, yeah. But also the um, did you read about the lyrics on uh, on the song "Bodies"? Yeah, I mean, just where it came from, like a friend, specifically somebody by who which they named, who was just clearly tossed around like the system and was really fucked up in the head, mm-hmm. and just it would give counts on like abortion, and that's why the song is very grisly in details at points. Yeah, but uh, so but it, like specifically in this song too, when he says "I'm I'm an animal," mm-hmm. like the way he says it, it's just it's overly snotty, and it's just like it's just pandering at that point. Like it, we get it, man. Like you're punk. Yeah. Like now you now you're just doing it because everyone expects you to do it, and you're doing it even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's not fun. It's nothing. It's it means nothing. Yeah, he's he takes it to a level that's just it seems so disingenuous and I just I don't get Johnny Rodden. I just don't get it. I don't know how much of it, it like if you watch him in interviews and stuff, I don't know how much of it is an actual act and how much of it is actually him. 
Because if if it's if that's actually you, then you're like a really despicable person. Yeah. Like, how can anybody be around you? I I think when he started, that was who he was. Yeah. And then when he realized he could he could uh, market himself, and his image, he he grew up, and that's not who he is now, but that's who he pretends to be. But for sure, when they first started, that was who he was. Yeah, and that's probably because what he was like 19 years old and had nothing going on in his life. Because I mean, reading about like. England and and stuff during that time it was just like kind of like a hopeless place like it it seemed like a really shitty place to live and really downtrodden and fucked yeah <laughs> and uh so i mean i can understand a lot of people kind of rebelling against it. i mean but then you have bands like black sabbath who came out of birmingham arguably one of like the toughest places in england to to come from and yet they they seem like super cool down to earth guys who make fucking amazing music, arguably some of the best rock music of all time. And then you get the Sex Pistols, and um, and you get Johnny Rotten. You're so, rotten, you are. I don't know. I just don't know. I, I and his his accent, man. It's just it kind of takes away from the music a little bit because it's so snotty and it's just like it's so sp- specific to that. I guess I don't that area of England. I don't. I don't even know. I. I I don't know about the different dialects of of England, but <laughs> what is there like Cockney, and then maybe oh, our maybe our um, our our English listener he'll he'll let us know because obviously he's from there, but maybe he likes the Sex Pistols. Maybe he's gonna stop listening because we've been oh. talking so much shit on the Sex Pistols. No, know. because he he really likes Primus, and I, there's no fucking way a fan a, like a, a a true Primus head. Could also think the Sex Pistols are a good band. I just, I, there's no way. There's no way. No, I don't think so either. Oh, shit. The only thing I, I really know about, like, I guess the United Kingdom is that if you're from, uh-huh. if you're from like England, the scratch, if you're from like Northern Ireland and people say, oh, you live in England, mm-hmm. then I know that people get upset, right? Because if you live, like, Northern Ireland is Northern Ireland, like Wales, Wales, Scotland, Scotland, and then there's England. But we always associate, all mm-hmm. the other ones with being English. Like the way if you're from Wales, you're English. If you're Northern Ireland, you're English. I think that upsets people. Yeah. Even though you're all part of the United Kingdom, but whatever. I don't care. I don't meet that many people from there, so I don't really care that much. Would you want to, what, what, what's another song on this record that you'd want to play? I don't want to play any songs. Really? Not n- nothing on here. Um, For being such an iconic album. There's nothing on here, huh? I mean, I could go. I could go. So maybe "Holidays in the Sun." That one. That one was a. Uh, that one was, was okay. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Even even my favorite song was not a banger. Yeah, but I will say too, for a band that that is, I actually did want to bring this up earlier, but for a band that that strived so hard to to send a message to people. Their song lyrically, their songs were very, very just nothing. They they didn't really talk about anything. And the one song that I felt that they talked about anything about was Bodies, which we already talked about. What about the whole abortion thing? Everything else was just kind of like throwaway lyrically. Like they were very throwaway songs lyrically. I agree. Like, there's I, nothing. There's nothing here. Like for instance, Holidays in the Sun. I think the idea behind it was was. The idea of, of leaving like your hometown to go see the world, 
but not in a vacation sense, in a sense to where you see like the atrocities of other countries and, and, and see what's going on in other countries to kind of educate yourself in the lives of, of other people and things like that. But the mm-hmm. way he wrote these lyrics, they were so disjointed and they like they were held together barely by this common yeah. theme. And it was so elementary, not even like in a good way. It was it was bad. It was bad writing, but not even in like a like, oh, that was just their first album type bad writing. Like this guy clearly had never written music in his life before. <laughs> this is like you or yeah. me writing lyrics. Like it was bad. <laughs> it was just awful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And with Holidays in the Sun, that was another one where like they had gone to Berlin and to get away from like just kind of the monotony and kind of shittiness of England. And then Johnny Rotten liked like the chaos and kind of circus that was happening in Berlin with, with the wall and all that kind of stuff. So he, he wanted to write a song talking about like the circus circus and kind of like fucked up way that Berlin is at the time, but it didn't really come across that way at all. Like, like you said, it, like that, that's a perfect word they use was disjointed. It was a very disjointed song lyrically, and it just whatever he was trying to convey, it didn't come across very well. Yeah, it did not just, come across well at all. No, I, I don't know, man. There I was just, some. I don't get it. There were some cool things, like the open ring of the guitar, that guitar chord in the intro. They reminded me of like the Who, and I know previously these guys have said, especially Johnny Rotten, they like they like the Who, and kind of like the Who's message of of like fuck the establishment kind of mm-hmm. and so there are things in this album that remind me of other better things but i mean this is this is just kind of like a pop song and johnny rotten just tries way too fucking hard yeah i know well the the song um pretty vacant uh what was it malcolm told them that you guys should write a song uh in the vein of um was it my generation or something like that? Yeah, some song. It is basically. Just it was some who song, and so they tried to write this song that was supposed to be supposed to be like a um, like an anthem for kids or for young people, and it just it just sucked, man. I'm sorry, it's it just stupid. it was not good. Yeah, it, the whole song is based around just like a clever way to say cunt on the radio. Yeah, that's exactly it. It I, was. I dig that aspect of it, but the song is dumb. But it's like. Yeah, you can, you can, I mean, I understand like, and I kind of respect that, you know, you, you kind of do things to, for anti-establishment things like incent, anti-censorship and everything, but you got to have something to back it up, man. Yeah. It's just, I mean, this is, this is like the equivalent of having some, some dude on the side of the road just yelling things. Yeah. Like, this is just, I don't, like, there's no substance here. There's nothing, like, for being such an iconic band and for being so important to so many people supposedly so important to so many people it's just there's nothing fucking here i just don't get it or it's, like the song new york was about like the new york dolls and them criticizing the new york dolls that but was my most hated song for yes that was my most hated like, song what the fuck oh my god it makes it's embarrassing there's nothing that makes any sense on this record it's there's embarrassing it's embarrassing to write a song that criticizes the new york dolls in that scene But, like, you're right. Like, the guy who helped the New York Dolls create their image created you. Yeah. Like, that's like... uh, And then... uh, It's like making fun of your brother. It's like you're from the same fucking family. And then I... I, Maybe I read the dates wrong, but 
then also like he he Johnny Rotten constantly criticized the Ramones uh, for various reasons, but then he also went and saw the Ramones when they came to London or when they came to the UK. Like he went to their concert or went to their show. So it's like, how would you? How can you criticize this band so harshly, but yet go see them? Now, like, because he's oh, a dude, fucking band, poser. Dude, this band's like, all this posers. Band, this band, like, literally is. They are the equivalent of every fucking boy band of the late nineties. They are literally that. They are. That's yeah. what they are. They are. They are created by this guy. Like I said, Lou <laughs> Pearlman. Lou Pearlman and Malcolm are very much alike, or they were very much alike because they're both dead now. Except maybe the child molestation, but who knows how what Malcolm did. Are they so it's like what you're saying is the Sex Pistols are not the best punk band, they're the best punk boy band. Well, I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> because <laughs> because at least Lou Lou Perlman like worked within one genre of the pop music industry and he created I mean, arguably some of the greatest pop acts of the nineties and early two thousands. Like you can't argue that with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. He did. But what Malcolm created with the Sex Pistols wasn't even the greatest in the punk industry. It was just, I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. It's so, like, I I went into this hoping that I was going to find something really good or something, like, redeemable about this fucking band. Because I've been so critical of them for so long, but damn, dude, they fucking fell short in so many ways. <laughs> It's remarkable. It's actually remarkable how just disappointing this band is. Which is sad because we didn't we already didn't have high hopes. Our 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 expectations were already low. And to just even fall below those already lowered expectations, like that's bad. Yeah, it's like it's like when we went into the Guns N' Roses record. Like we both went in with low expectations and we came out with like, wow, this record's actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty like, damn good. It was a pretty solid fucking record. Like I can understand why. So I mean, I'm not particularly into that record or that that music, but I can definitely see how other bands are really love that that band and that record in in particular. But this, I just, how can anybody be into this record? I just don't get it. I like a lot of shit music too, so <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, okay, I really so don't. just I mean, I guess other other quick points here. If I if I were one, yeah, go for it. Overall, calling calling the Sex Pistols like the epitome of punk is like, is like saying the Hot Topic is like the punkers' clothing store. Like that's or like what the metalhead or the goth or like that's what that's what anything. this is. It, it's it's um it's 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 a case of like mistaken identity. Like the Sex Pistols have taken the identity of someone who's actually an influential punk band, but became an influential punk band. And some fucking weird thing. And so many people, so many bands and so many people say that the Sex Pistols influenced them. And now I almost think, like, have you ever fucking listened to the Sex Pistols? Like, do you even know what you're talking yeah. about, bro? Like, do you even lift? There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. And, I mean, you know, also looking at it from, maybe we're wrong in, in the fact that, you know, we're looking at it from a couple of guys who are in their early 30s. But I'm also wondering, like, if you're 13, 14 years old and you put on this record, are you really going to like this record that much? Or for like, or is this record going to age very well in the end? You know, it's like, 
you were always you were always you were always so critical of misfits for years and years and years and then a few months ago you actually like you know dive deep into their music especially the danzig era and you ended up realizing wow this band's really fucking good like there's a reason why they're this good but it's just like is this band only good to people who are like between the years of like 13 and 16 years old i mean i don't it's a fair point but we've been that age before and and we've been in the music scene for quite a long time not like professionally really but yeah we, but like we, but we were in the, the punk scene yeah like like i hung out with the gutter punks through like early on like in high school and stuff like i mean everybody that group were into you know the fucking casualties and the the ramones you know what's weird okay so i hung out with like the gutter punk kids like with the mohawks and all that bullshit and the the you know those kids yeah but not one of them i don't remember and i don't remember ever seeing any patches on their clothes none of them talked about the sex pistols it was always like you know the more modern stuff, or if it went back, it was like Black Flag, or it was dead, or was a lot of it was Dead Kennedys, or uh, Misfits, or um, or Subhumans, Operation Ivy, shit like that. Never or and Ramones too, but it was never the Sex Pistols. Nobody ever talked about the Sex Pistols in high school, I, minus the image. Like, to be nobody honest, nobody ever talked I, about the music. I think like bar maybe like two of our friends that just for whatever reason, just don't really like music. But I think everybody mm-hmm. else we've ever hung out with in any circle, whatever shitty music we listen to, we could always back it up with at least some type of intelligent clap back, right? Like there was always a reason for why we listened to the shitty music we listened to. And so yeah. I, but yeah. you can't, there's just some bands that you can't, with without just being a complete poser, you can't, justify like the sex pistols unless you say i only like the sex pistols because their image is cool like if you said that i would i would respect that more than i like the sex pistols because their music is good yeah there's nothing about them there's no that's fucking innovative. way there's nothing innovative about their music but even like the shitty bands you listen to the shitty bands i listen to we can still <laughs> back it up with with some type of conversation but even to the days when we were in high school when we were snotty teenagers we could still do it yeah, like we still like bad music back then, but even back then we were still able to to back it up with with reasons as to why I like this music, and I acknowledge that it's probably dumb music, but I still like it because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that really hurts like the punk industry is I like this because it's fucking my decision or whatever it is, and it's like okay, cool, the conversation has just ended because now we can't even have like a conversation about why I dislike your band or why I like your band because you made the, you know, you made that thought where I like this band, no matter what you say, you will never change my mind. And then that's it. Conversation's over. And like, that's, that's like the punk mm-hmm. ethos. And I think that yeah, it's a very embodies a very the sex n- pistols. Yeah. I mean the, the whole punk scene in general is very narrow minded. That's just how it, it always has been. It's how it was when we were kids and I'm, I assume it was like that prior and it, I assume it's still like that to this day and it's just I don't know man I just don't I don't get the Sex Pistols I don't get it I just don't understand why people like them I don't think anybody actually unless likes maybe them, like you were at like a Sex Pistols show that that must be like the only people that like them were people who went and saw them live I'm sure it was it's a great show I'm I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure like it would, people were the mosh pits but were great I'm sure everything about the show was fucking fun 
but I'm not going to go to a show yeah. and have fun knowing the music sucks. I'm just not going to go. And you know what's crazy? I, I was reading too that back when the Sex Pistols were playing shows in England, the Clash were opening for them. <laughs> like, what a, what a fucking weird Dumb. thing to happen. Like, how can the Clash be opening for the Sex Pistols? Even though the Sex Pistols were like blowing up at the time, but it's just like, in every aspect, the Clash are better. Like, musically, lyrically, image, vibe, everything about them is just leaps and bounds over the Sex Pistols. I just don't get it. I mean, that's clearly like Malcolm just, McLaren and like his, the pull he had in the industry. I mean, that there's no other way around it. That was all him. So, do we want to wrap it up and kind of give our, our ranking? Yeah, let's, let's finish uh, it. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. So, Jeff, what are your final thoughts on the Sex Pistols and Nevermind the Bollocks? Here's the Sex Pistols. Go. Oh, uh, real quick, Paul Cook, um, he's, the, he play, he's the drummer. Just some interesting things I saw about him. He, uh, his, his daughter, uh, Boy George, is his daughter's godfather. That's interesting. He played soccer for Hollywood United, which is an L.A.-based soccer C team. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but he was also on the team with other like musicians, like the singer from the cult and, and the guitarist mm. from Def Leppard f- from the nineties and, and above. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. Not great, but that's, it's, it's interesting. But overall the sex pistols yeah. are an image and the sex pistols, like that whole, that whole, uh, that, that, that saying sex sells, right. That like sex sells mm-hmm. and movies and music and everything. Sex sells. Like that's the Sex Pistols. Like the, you, you create an image of something, and you say that this is what you should want to be like. If you want to be anti-government, which is such a broad fucking term, because I don't think anybody it really is. I don't think anybody is pro-government. I think everybody is is hates the government for a different reason, in in mm-hmm. whatever capacity. I don't think anybody believes the government is perfect. So just saying, like, if you don't like the government, this is what you should be like. It's such a broad term, and, and you're, you're encompassing everybody, which is smart. Yeah. Like, he's a, McLaren's a smart businessman. He did all the right things, but he's still a bad person, and I don't care. He's a terrible, terrible person, and we're better off without him, DGAF. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the Sex Pistols, they are an image. They're an image, and that image sold, and that image still sells today. And it irritates me because... For for many many years, I was duped by that image, and I've only heard a couple songs mm-hmm. up until this week. And I th- I just thought like, man, there's got to be more to this band than just anarchy in the UK and God save the Queen because those songs are dumb. And <laughs> yes. there's not. No, there's not. I was I was duped. Everyone's been duped. We're all duped by mm-hmm. the Sex Pistols. But given that, my rating is is for sure a one. This is this is an easy one. Like, you should Ooh. listen to this. You should listen to this for sure. Nobody should not listen to this. Everyone should listen to this album once. Yeah. Just once. Just once. <laughs> so this gets a solid one. You should listen to it one so time. So if you don't know our, our, our point... No, continue. <laughs> no, that was it. You, you started the point oh. system, and then I thought you were done. Right? <laughs> I, was, I was jumping in because our, our Skype is all kind of fucked up right now. Because mm. I thought you would finish, but I'm sorry. But... Our uh, yeah, so our point system, if you don't know, is is three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album, give it a shot, and zero is it should have never been made, it sh- it belongs in the depths of hell if that's what you believe in, 
it's that bad. But yeah, one, man. You give it a solid one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think... I would be happy the Sex Pistols never existed. But given how popular they are, I do think everyone should listen to this album once just so they know how overrated, how overappreciated, and how bad the Sex Pistols truly are. <laughs> one. I mean, I mean, I mean, generous today. Man, I don't think you've ever given anything a one. I think this is the first time you've given anything a one. I've had a given one before. Shocking. I don't know. I've, I feel like I've. I had don't a given think ones. you have. Maybe, maybe like when we've done like an album rankings thing, like you've given one of those albums a one, but never the album of the week. You've never given a one. Let's say it's this. Shocking. Let's say this album was made by like fucking. I don't know the Bouncing Souls, right? If this album was by the Bouncing Souls, okay. this would still be a bad album. Like nothing about this is great, but because it was the Bouncing Souls, like who the fuck would ever listen to this? Yeah, nobody. No, you're right. Yeah, you're. That's a great point. Yeah, if it was done by anybody else who didn't have the same marketing, yeah, nobody would have fucking listened to it. Nobody would care. But people yeah. care, and I don't think they listen to it. Yeah. One. All right. <laughs> My final thoughts. <laughs> Dude, this is this is one of the most disappointing records we've ever done on the podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a more disappointing record. The only one that might come close would be Michael Jackson's Thriller that we did a long time ago on a Lost episode. Yeah, I don't know why you hated that one so much. I, I didn't hate it. It was just I was disappointed by it. And then also the the Prince record we did. I forgot Man, what, what, what was it. Nineteen ninety nine. That was a good one. That was a disappointing record. What about Joshua Tree? It was. So, Tree. It was Joshua Tree was was okay because I had such low expectations. So it didn't dip below those expectations. It was like right where I thought it was going to be. But this album, dude, this album, the Sex Pistols record, it was just low expectations and they really, they really just, they just, it just sucks, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm absolutely with you where, like you just made the good point where if any other band were to make this record, like a more unknown band, like it, nobody would fucking listen to it. It's not that good. No. In so many ways, the image, it's its the image of the band. It's Sid Vicious, who fuck, I've been saying for many, many years, the most overrated musician, if you want to call him a musician of all time. Dude, it's just, it's bad. So I'm, I'm going to have to give this record a one as well. <sighs> Solid one because you got to listen to it to understand, to truly understand what we're talking about. And, you know, any punkers out there or anybody who think this record is good, I mean, fight with us. I don't care. We're, it's just not good. It's not good. And we like shitty music. Like, you and I like shitty music. Yeah. Love it. Can't so, get enough and, of it. And we, we say that we like shitty music. We can back it up. But this is just not, there's nothing redeemable about this record <laughs> that, or this that's band. That's it. There's Except nothing for redeemable Jones. about it. Except for Steve Jones, because but that's mainly because of like what he did after the Sex Pistols, which was like Jonesy's jukebox, which is cool. But other than that, yeah, no, it's just it's not good. So it's a one. Damn, a straight a solid up one, one for me. All right, you got anything else to say about it in this episode? Nope, I do not. All right. Well, this is Asinine Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, listening to us bitch about the Sex Pistols record. Next week, I think, is going to be 
another interesting one. But uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you all again for listening. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email at Radio at gmail.com. Go to our website, asinineradio.com. You can send us an email there. You can leave a comment on our post. I don't give a fuck. Just tell us how you feel because we care about you. Kind of. And uh, that's it. That's all.